As we said in part one of Massacre in the Mountains, we know the sounds. We know the sounds of the Columbine Massacre. We wonder what it must have sounded like as the knives were unsheathed for Caesar, or the shot rang out for Abraham Lincoln. But we know what the sounds were. We know what it must have been like. You see, in the library massacre, as the shooting unfolded, Patty Nielsen talked on the phone with emergency services, telling her story and urging students in the library to take cover beneath desks. According to the transcripts, her call was received by 911 operator at 11.25 a.m. Fifty-two students, two teachers, and two librarians were in the library. Two bombs were thrown in the cafeteria, both of which exploded. Another bomb was thrown into the library hallway. It exploded and damaged several lockers. At 11.29 a.m., the gunman entered the library, and Harris yells, Get up! so loudly that it can be heard on the 911 recording. At 11.29, Klebold then shouted, Everyone, get up, now. What you're about to hear is the recording of the teacher, Patty Nielsen, and the massacre in the library of Columbine. Okay. 
paramedics, we have fire, and we have police on route. Okay, sir? Okay. Okay. Yes. Is that, I mean, right. he's, I, I don't know. Is, I can't believe he's not out of bullets. He just keeps shooting and shooting and shooting. Okay. Yeah, we've got a police officer on the scene. I thought it was. Okay, just try and keep the kids in the library calm. Yeah. Is there any way you can block the door so no one can get in? I do, I do not. Okay. I, yeah, I guess I can try to go, but I mean, I can go right outside that door. I'm afraid to go to the door. That's okay. That's where he is. I'm not okay. to go there. Okay? That's okay. Okay, I told the kids to get on the floor. I had to go the under the table. All of the children are on the floor under the table. Um, um, yeah, they're all under the table. Okay. And as long as we can just try and keep... No one's saying a word. Okay, as long as we can keep everyone there as calm as we can. I hear some yelling out there going on right yeah, now. Yeah, we've got alarms going off now as well. Yeah, there's alarms. This room is filled with smoke. Okay. Okay. Keep everyone low to the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's up. Okay. Everyone stay on the floor. Stay on the floor. Stay on the table. Okay. I I don't know. I, okay, I know. Just I don't know. I didn't. I said, what? What is that? He was outside at the time, and 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 um, I was on call duty. Oh God! And he was like, woo woo woo! I know. I do not know who the student was. I don't even think I saw him. He was wearing black. He didn't look very large. What you just heard was the recording of Patty Nielsen and the massacre in the library at Columbine High School. You could also hear the voices of Harris and Cleveland. Harris fired his shotgun twice at a desk. Student Evan Todd had been standing near a pillar when the shooters entered the library and had just taken cover behind a copier. Todd was hit by two splinters in the eye and lower back but was not seriously injured. He then hid behind a counter. The shooters walked in the library toward the two rows of computers. Klebold said, quote, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Disabled student Kyle Velasquez was sitting at the north row 
Police later said he had not hidden underneath the desk when the shooters had first entered the library, but had curled up under the computer table. Klebold used his shotgun to kill Velasquez, hitting him in the head and back. The shooters put down their ammunition-filled duffel bags at the south or lower row of the computers and reloaded their weapons. They walked between the computer rows toward the windows facing the outside staircase. Klebold shouted, Everyone get up! We're going to blow this library up! One of the gunmen stated, quote, This is our revenge. This is for all you put us through last year. Klebold then shouted, All jocks stand up! When nobody stood up, Harris said, Get the guys in white hats. One of them said, Anyone with a white hat or a sports emblem on it is dead. Wearing the white baseball cap at Columbine was a tradition among sports team members. Several students tried to hide their white hats. Noticing that the police were evacuating students outside the school, Klebold said, quote, Pigs are here, and Harris said, Let's go kill some cops. They shot out the windows in the direction of the police. Officers returned fire, and the gunmen retreated from the window. No one was injured. Klebold then removed his trench coat. He shouted again, everyone with a white cap stand up. When no one stood up in response, he said, fine, I'll just start shooting, and fired his shotgun at a nearby table, injuring three students. Harris walked toward the lower row of computer desks with his shotgun, firing a single shot under the first desk from a short distance away. While down on one knee, he actually hit 14-year-old Stephen Curnow with a mortal wound to the neck. He then walked closer, got on one knee, and shot under the adjacent computer desk, injuring 17-year-old Casey with a shot which passed completely through her right shoulder and hand, also grazing her neck and severing a major artery. When she started gasping in pain, Harris tersely stated, and I quote, and I want to give you just a moment here if you have children in the room, quit your, and I'll use the word, griping. But he used another word. Evan Todd, Kyle Velasquez, Patrick Ireland, Daniel, Marquis, Stephen, Casey, Isaiah, Matthew, Lisa, Valine, Mark, Lauren, Nicole, John, Kelly, Jean, Daniel, Jennifer, Austin, Corey, killed or wounded. Harris walked over to the table across from the lower computer row, slapped the surface twi- twice and knelt down saying, Peekaboo before shooting Casey Bernal, once in the head, killing her. Harris had been holding the shotgun with one hand at this point, and the weapon hit his face in recoil, breaking his nose. He told Klebold he had shot his nose, and Klebold responded, Why'd you do that? After fatally shooting Bernal, Harris turned toward the next table, where Bree sat next to the table rather than under it. Harris's nose was bleeding heavily. Witnesses later reported that he seemed disoriented and had blood around his mouth. Harris asked her if she wanted to die, and she responded with a plea for her life. Harris laughed and responded, Everyone's going to die. When Klebold said shooter, Harris responded, No, we're going to blow up the school anyway. Klebold noticed Ireland trying to provide aid to Hall, another student, who had suffered a wound to his knee. As Ireland tried to help Hall, his head rose above the table. Klebold shot him a second time, hitting him twice in the head and once in the foot. Ireland was knocked unconscious but did survive. Klebold then walked toward another table where he discovered 18-year-old Isaiah and 16-year-old Craig 
hiding underneath. Klebold called to Harris. There's a, quote, nigger over here, he said, and tried to pull Scholes out from under the table. Harris left Pascal and joined him. According to witnesses, they taunted Scholes for a few seconds, making derogatory racial comments. The gunmen both fired under the table. Harris shot Scholes once in the chest, killing him, and Klebold shot and killed the other student. Though Scholes was not shot in the head, he said, I didn't know black brains, quote, I didn't know black brains could fly that far. Meanwhile, Scott, uninjured, lying in the blood of his friend, feigning death, Harrison yelled, who's ready to die next? He threw another cricket at the table. It landed on Stephanie's thigh. Hall quickly tossed it behind them, and it exploded in midair. Harris walked toward the bookcase between the west and center section of the tables in the library. He jumped on one and shook it, apparently attempting to topple it, then shot at the books which had fallen. Klebold walked to the east area of the library. Harris walked from the bookcase past the central area to, make, to meet Klebold. The latter shot at a display case next to the door, then turned and shot toward the closet table hitting and injuring 17-year-old Mark in the head and shoulder. Harris approached another table where two girls were hiding. He bent down to look at them and dismissed them as pathetic. Harris then moved to another table where he fired twice, injuring 16-year-old Nicole and John. Tomlin, John Tomlin, moved out from under the table, and Klebold then shot him, repeatedly killing him. Harris then walked back over to the other side of the table where Townsend lay dead. Behind the table, 16-year-old girl named Kelly Fleming. She was there hiding and sat next to the table rather than beneath it due to a lack of space. Harris shot Fleming with a shotgun and hit her in the back, killing her. He shot at the table again. Harris then turned his gun back on a student and told him to identify himself. It was a student, John Savage, an acquaintance of Klebold's. He asked Klebold what they were doing, to which he shrugged and answered, killing people. Savage asked if they were going to kill him, possibly because of a fire alarm. Klebold said, what? Savage asked again whether they were going to kill him. Klebold said no and told him to run. Savage fled, escaping through the library's main entrance. After Savage left, one of the gunmen stated, this is what we've been waiting for all our lives. All our lives? Harris turned and fired his carbine at the table directly north where they had been, hitting the ear and hand of 15-year-old Daniel Mauser. Mauser reacted by either shoving a chair at Harris or grabbing his leg. Harris fired again and hit Mauser in the center of the face at close range, killing him. Both shooters moved south and fired randomly under another table, critically injuring 17-year-old Jennifer Doyle and Austin Eubanks, fatally wounding 17-year-old Corey Deporter. At this point, in the strange and bloody, macabre scene that is unfolding, several witnesses later said that they heard the shooter's comment that they no longer found a thrill in shooting their victims. Klebold was quoted as saying, maybe we should start knifing people. That might be more fun. They moved away from the table and went toward the library's main counter. Harris threw a Molotov cocktail toward the southwestern end of the library, but it failed to explode. Harrison went around to the east side, where Klebold joined him from the west. They converged close to where Todd had moved after being wounded. Klebold pulled out, pulled out a chair, 
pointed his Tech-9 at Todd and commented, Look what we have here. Harris still seemed disoriented from his broken nose and asked what. Klebold responded, Just some fat blank. Todd was wearing a white hat. Klebold asked if he was a jock, and when Tom said no, Klebold responded, Well, that's good. We don't like jocks. Klebold then demanded to see his face. Todd partly lifted his hat so his face would remain obscured. When Klebold asked Todd to give him one reason why he should not kill him, Todd said, I don't want trouble. Klebold responded back angrily, Trouble? You don't even know what trouble is. He also remarked, You used to call me fag. Who's a fag now? Todd tried to correct himself. That's not what I meant. I mean, I don't have a problem with you guys. I never will and never did. Klebold then spoke to Harris. I'm going to let this fat blank live. You can have him if you want. Harris did not pay much attention and said, let's go to the commons. The two walked out of the library at 11.36 a.m., ending the hostage situation. Cautiously, Fearing the shooter's return, 29 uninjured, uh, 29 uninjured and 10 injured survivors begin to evacuate the library. Patty Nielsen crawled into the exterior break room into which Klebold had earlier fired shots and hid in a cupboard. 12.08 p.m. After leaving the library, the gunmen entered the science area where they threw another Molotov cocktail in an empty storage closet. It caused a fire which was extinguished by teachers who had hidden in an adjacent room. After leaving the cafeteria, they returned to the main north and south hallways. They then re-entered the library, perhaps to watch their car bombs detonate, which had been set to explode at noon, but which failed. The library was empty of surviving students, except for the unconscious Patrick Ireland and the injured Lisa Krentz. Once inside, at 12.02, they shot through the west windows at police, who returned fire. Again, nobody was wounded in the exchange. By 12.08... Both gunmen had killed themselves. It was over. Or had it just begun? In a subsequent interview, one of the students remaining in the library recalled hearing a comment such as, You in the library around this time. You in the library. Harris sat down with his back to a bookshelf and fired his shotgun through the roof of his mouth. Klebold went down on his knees and shot himself in the left temple with his Tech-9. An article by the Rocky Mountain News stated that Patty Nielsen overheard them shout, one, two, three, just before a loud boom. Nielsen said that she had never spoken with either of the writers of the article, and evidence suggests otherwise. Just before shooting himself, Klebold lit a Molotov cocktail on a nearby table underneath which Patrick Ireland was lying, which caused the tabletop to momentarily catch fire. Underneath the scorched film of material was a piece of Harris's brain matter, suggesting Harris had shot himself by this time. In 2002, the National Enquirer published two post-mortem photos of Harris and Klebold, showing both teenagers lying on their backs and the guns in seemingly curious locations. Of course, this led to speculation that Harris had shot Klebold before killing himself. The photographs were taken after SWAT had checked the bodies for bombs and booby traps, and the placement of his blood and baseball cap suggests Klebold first fell down on Harris's legs before expiring on his back. 
A total of 188 rounds of ammunition were fired by the perpetrators. They used Tech 9s, shotguns, carbines. The shooting was planned as a terrorist attack that would cause the most deaths in U.S. history, but the motive has never been ascertained with any degree of certainty. Soon after the massacre, it was thought Harris and Klebold targeted jocks, blacks, and Christians. Both sought to provide answers in the journals and videotapes, but investigators found them, frankly, lacking. In a letter provided the May 15th report on the Columbine attack, Sheriff John Stone and Undersheriff John A. Dunaway wrote, quote, We cannot answer the most fundamental question. Why? That is the false fundamental question, isn't it? Why the Parkland shooting? Why the Sandy Hook shooting? Why? The question we have been asking for two decades is the question that has persisted from mass shooting to mass shooting. Why? There may never be a clear answer. Sinful heart, yes. Judgment of God, yes. Demonic activity, to some degree, yes. But in the end, there is something satanically twisted. There is something satanically ironic. Children killing children. Children doing what they have been taught by natural selection. Longing for God's help in a place where God has not been wanted. <laughs>